Welcome to this episode of Blended, Blessed, and Always a Mess. I'm Eric. And I'm Angie. We are married with a ton of kids. We have six kids total. He has three and I have three. My name's Hallie and I love riding horses. I'm Lexi and I love agriculture. My name's Carter and I love eating. My name's Chase and I love lifting weights. My name's Summer and I love spending my parents' money. I'm Dane and I love baseball. Our show is about our blended, blessed, and always a mess life. And our hope is if you find yourself in the same situation we are in, that by sharing our story, all the fun, and all the mess, the challenges we are experiencing, it will give you some inspirations, laughs, and community, knowing you are not alone in this mess. We appreciate you spending time with us. Let's dive in. Welcome to this week's episode of Blended, Blessed, and Always a Mess. It is episode number seven of season two, which seems appropriate because we will be celebrating Miss Hallie and her life on this episode. And seven, if you missed the science episode a few weeks back, it just had been a big part of our family ever since uh, everything happened with Hallie. And so number seven, let's celebrate her. We're trying a new way where we are trying to video record as we do the podcast so that we could possibly use that. So our social media post may work. It may not, but uh, it's worth giving it a try. We thought maybe since it's episode seven, Hallie be with us. There'd be a little luck in that regard. So with that being said, to have a celebration of life, which we had for her, we first wanted to talk about what it might feel like traditionally to have funerals when someone that you know or love has passed away. And we didn't really want to do that. Right. I mean, I'm sure everybody has very similar experience. I personally have never been involved in actually planning a funeral. Luckily, I guess, um, being 45, but I've definitely attended my fair share of, you know, after someone passes a couple days later, it's the visitation and you walk through a line and there's flowers everywhere and you have the mints and you have the little pen and paper you sign in and you go through a line and you look at this person that's passed and everybody says the same thing and you do all the motions and then the next day is the funeral. I, I can sure. remember when my dad died, It's I was 27. He was 52. It was such a shock. I didn't know if we could afford the casket. That's, yeah. not, that's not a good feeling. Yeah. I feel like you have the exact same experience at every funeral home. I would say my challenge out there to funeral homes is to just up your game a little bit. Like I feel like Nothing has changed in 20 some years. And I feel like too, COVID has really given everybody an opportunity to sort of rethink because, you know, when, when people pass away during COVID, you couldn't get together and have funerals, you know? So I feel like the, also this like celebration of life type of concept evolved too, of like, you don't have to two days later have saying goodbye, whatever that looks like to you and closure for everybody else. And, you know, studies have shown too in the U.S., like your grieving process is like two weeks. So, you know, you, you bury someone, you get through it all in a week, and then you get a week to recuperate, grieve. And then it's like, hey, it's, it's time to move on. For us, Hallie passed right after Thanksgiving. And then we had the twins birthday. We had Christmas. We had all these other things. And so we, we allowed ourselves time to really try to do something that would really celebrate her, which as a mama, that's really what I, what I wanted. And, you know, for us, we knew how I wanted to be cremated. And so just never having any sort of experience with planning a funeral, had no idea what that 
look like. And you're, you're literally in so much shock. And with her, we also had a unique experience where we had this amazing honor walk while she was still with us. But as we were getting ready to let her go and say goodbye, and we had all of our close family and friends there. And that to me was their closure for her. And so we almost felt like that was in reverse a little bit. It was before she passed, but that was our our closest friends and family opportunity to say goodbye as we pass them. So I could not, none of us could imagine going through something like that again. So, you know, we go and meet with a funeral home. And so we're only really looking at cremation, right? It's like, okay, you pay X amount up front, go get your urn and bring that in here. And then, you know, we'll give it back to you. And I remember us four, Eric, myself, Lance, Michelle sitting in there, like, I just look at the lady, like, I mean, you just get that from Amazon. Yeah. Amazon or or Etsy. So just whichever one. Okay. That was it. It felt great, didn't it? It was like, okay. I mean, I just, it felt like we'll get to the point. We'll get to the part where what I would, my advice to you, if you ever find yourself in a horrific situation where you have to plan celebration of life. And then it was right though, obituary. Is it like Mad Lib? What is that called? It felt like, like Mad Libs. Like she's like, okay, and now this, and now this. Okay, I'll come back with something. And she comes back and we're like, no, nope, not what we want. So then the four of us. Took control. Like, okay, give me the pen. Here we go. Let's write this stuff. We'll move this word around. This actually is better. Describes Hallie, who she was. And that was it. I mean, that that was our planning part of the cremation. Seemed but interesting. Like, I mean, I don't want, I, I'm with you. Feels like there could be a better way. We'll talk about that later. But that was just it. It felt cold. It didn't feel and and you know here's something I think is like thinking back to you. My dad died 15 years ago. As you've already said, you're in so much shock. I feel like the person that is in in charge of working with you, they should be so so comforting and warm and just really want to make you feel special about the person that you've lost. Not mad libs it. I get that. And I get it. I mean that's got to be checked, but. I get it. Like, you know, if you've been doing that for a bazillion years, there's the process. Let's go. Let's move along. And and to be completely honest, it wouldn't mattered if they were super comforting or not. Like you're just still in such a state of shock. It's hard to even process. It's hard to just even process. But all I could keep thinking about was that's not the way to wrap up such a beautiful light. And I just kept thinking in my mind, I want to celebrate her and who she was. And I don't want anything to be awkward. I don't like awkward. So to even just think about that, every experience I've had with a visitation or funeral has been awkward. Well, yeah, awkward. you do the same and thing he, over and over through the like line. I can't do the line. I can't do earn on display. I just like can't do any of that. And so what we end up doing is I reach out to six amazing women that mix of my sisters and best friends and a planner who each had special skills and ask them if they would be like the planning kind of committee and sort of explain what I envision. And they all like added their special touches. And that's kind of how we started like how can we make this truly a celebration of Hallie, which she would have wanted, but to show 
who she was. And then, so that was, that was kind of how we started with the celebration of life planning. But then Eric, you took on the prayer part of the celebration of life and kind of ran with that. None, none of us have ever been a part of a celebration of life. So as you had said, you've never been part of planning a funeral. I have done that with my grandparents and my dad. I have not had any part of a celebration of life, but I knew that we wanted it to have at least, you know, so we had, a, it was five hours long so that people could come and go. And we had over 600 people there, but I knew we, we would want to have some type of prayer because Jesus was a part of Hallie's life. Uh, Jesus is a big part of our life. And the only way we're getting through day by day is to rely on our faith right now. And so there had to be some kind of prayer service in the celebration of life, you know, working with your sisters and your friends, we decided four o'clock. So if the celebration was from 3 PM to 8 PM, and we decided at four after people had had an hour to get there would be a great time to do a celebration of life. And at that point, never planned anything like that. But I loved Hallie and I wanted it to be a beautiful tribute to her and her life as a Christian. And so, you know, Pastor Shea was one of our close friends, one of my longtime friends. He led it. And I have another great friend at our church, The Crossing, David Covert, who offered to help play music. Um, and then he sang a little bit. And then you suggested Emily, one of our, our singers from church, and, and reached out to her. And she had asked if she could bring us a meal. And I said, you don't need to bring us a meal, but if you could sing. And she jumped on that. And so we had a nice little 30-minute service. It's, it involved your sister, Trisha and Jesse, coming up at the beginning to say some thanks on your behalf, your and Lance's behalf. And then they had written a poem with your dad that was beautiful. I helped sing some songs with Emily. She sang on her own. I sang Amazing Grace to close it after she had preached for 10 minutes. It was a beautiful, I thought, I mean, I'm bias to it, but I thought it was a, a beautiful tribute to Hallie and a beautiful prayer service, not your traditional funeral, but a traditional prayer service that honored Hallie as she is in heaven with Jesus. Yeah. I thought, I thought Shay did an amazing job because he really spoke about like, how are you living? And what would people say about you? Which, you know, anytime someone passes, but especially somebody young that you just would just in total shock, right? It's a wake up call for everybody. And he, he made a funny during the um, prayer service of like, nobody listens to me at weddings, but everybody listens to me at funerals. And I think that's a great message. Like check yourself. How are you really doing in this life? How are you really in a relationship with God? Because we literally are only here for a short time. Yeah. And you we're all going to no end idea up what tomorrow brings. Not everyone gets married, but we're all ending up there in a funeral, right? I mean, that's how it ends for everyone. So check yourself. And it was a great message. And then we followed that up by immediately going outside. I mean, your planning group did a great job with a, a 21st birthday salute because we had the celebration of life just two days before what would have been Hallie's 21st birthday. So went outside, had all of her siblings up front, had her cousins involved as well. And just really pretty. We sang happy birthday to her as a group. So you've got hundreds of people outside at the facility saying happy birthday. And at the end, they all released their helium filled balloons into the air. And it was absolutely beautiful. So, yeah. And most people don't know this, but Hallie was actually there. We had her urn there, um, just quietly, peacefully mixed in with all of her tack that was on display. I only had one person that came up to me and asked me if that was her. Um, and that was her soulmate, Bestie Mert. It was like, is that her over there? Yeah, she's here with us, but I didn't want it to be, you can't not bring her with us, yeah. but I didn't want it to be on display. That makes any sense. But I would say for, for me personally, that weekend was super hard 
I, you know, I really didn't even want to face it. I was very scared that I wouldn't even have the strength to stand there. Um, but I also wanted to be present. It's like this weird thing of like, I don't think I can go through this. This is a very long day. I don't even know what to expect. It's going to be extremely difficult, but at the same time, like I wanted to take it all in and really show up and honor Hallie. So before we left to go there, I stood my standard begging prayer to God of like, just help me, Hallie, help me stand up and to be present because I was so freaking anxious before leading up to the event. And I begged Hallie to be there. And when we got there and walked in, I truly felt her connected to me and I made it through the day. I don't know how I did it, but I felt so strong and just at peace that day because I felt like she was with me. I felt like she was saying, go mom, you're strong AF. Like I just felt That's my mom. Her. That's my mom. That's my she, mom. I mean, you were, I felt like as your husband watching you, I knew how scared you were. I knew you were praying. Other people were praying for you. Amber was praying and she doesn't pray all the time. She's like, I was praying, God, give her my strength. And and oddly, Amber was drained by the end of the day. I felt like you got stronger as the day went on. And it was one of the, since this happened nine-ish weeks ago now, it was maybe the strongest I've seen you over that eight to 10 hour period. Yeah. And and it was that you're for as much as a cup could be filled that night, it felt like you were as as full as you have been since all of this happened that evening, which I don't think we could have predicted that, right? I think we thought you were gonna just we were gonna be dragging you through it and you were you were badass. That was the best way to say you were a badass. Hallie's strong AF mama. That's what it was. I think too, there's a certain level of grizzly bear strength, mom strength that you have. I mean, I felt like I wanted to really protect her in a weird way. She's not with us anymore, but like, I think as a mom, you sort of adrenaline sometimes kicks in when it comes to your kids. And I don't know, God and Hallie and the mix of all that I've, you know, made it, but you know, like I said on our last podcast, to me, it was such a success in a couple of ways. One is that when I laid my head on a pillow that night, I felt less empty and I felt the love everybody had for Hallie. So like, to me, that was success. The other thing I would say is there were people there that really didn't know her that well, but if you didn't know her that well, you sure as hell knew her when you left. Yeah, for And sure. that to me is a huge success. I think it's interesting. The comments that people say, I literally had so many canvases canvases of Hallie, like pictures of her. Like I, I actually don't hang up pictures in my house. Never really have. I more have always just had canvases. That's the black and white canvases. That's how I like to decorate my house. And, and I think we ordered maybe three or four to add to the canvases, but literally there were so many canvases of her on easels that lined the whole event space. To, and it really just showcased her journey. And I don't, so people are like, oh, you know, guys really went out of your way. No, um, I actually had most of those yeah. for whatever reason. I don't have a lot of the twins, but for Hallie, she's super photogenic, but just she loved doing photo shoots. I just have so many amazing pictures of her. Take the damn pictures. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it was beautiful. And you're right. It did take people through the journey of her life and what she was about, horses, Mizzou, family. And it really did encompass who Hallie was and what she was about. And so I, I am. I'm glad you had all those canvases because it was it was a beautiful tribute in that regard. We didn't do lines, which was good and bad, right? It felt very comfortable. The bad part was we we did end up missing. Like some people never could get to you or like, yeah. or myself or Michelle or the kids because it was so busy. So that's, that was the good problem to have, I guess. But we didn't make it formal like you would do at a traditional funeral. Everyone was kind of in their own space and people would come and go as they wanted to. And I, I'm glad that we did it that way because it gave you time to really visit more with some people than others, but also to say a lot of thank you. Some people would just pop in like, hey, just a really quick hug. I know you're slammed. Yeah, I, I thought that was a really good way to do it as well. Yeah, I love. We also had like a round tables, uh, the little committee of my besties. They had like round tables set up so people could like hang out too. It wasn't like we had some rows of chairs in the front for like the prayer service, but for the most part, people could kind of come and go, could hang out, sit down, chat. I wanted that informal vibe. Another thing I would say is like, that doesn't have to be expensive. We actually did not spend very much money to plan that. And so many people like volunteered their time or donated the snacks and food. Like the community is so amazing of people reaching out, wanting to help. So it was, there was all kinds of great way to honor that Hallie loved and soda that she loved and water and all that donated, which made it really nice, you know? And then, so you, some people I think thought it was incredibly expensive, but it was just really beautiful. And that a lot of that was people saying, how can I help? And we just, well, if you really want to help rather than bring a meal, help with the celebration of life. And people were able to do that. Yeah. We also did like a theme. They came up with a theme of or dress like a cowboy, cowgirl or do a Mizzou theme. So that made it kind of lighthearted too, which Hallie would have just absolutely loved that. We had all yeah. of her tack, as I mentioned, on display or cowboy boots and hats and Saddle or saddle, saddle or saddle rack that Jesse had made, like just the whole thing. We had memory cards that people could write super sweet notes, their favorite memory about Hallie. We had also bring your favorite photo of her, and they had like Baylor twine almost draped throughout that you could pin up your favorite picture, a memory of her. And those things, like, are so like that's what you hang on to is those moments and the things that people have shared. Thank God we also had. A guest book uh, made for her because I I did I miss people there was people that didn't want to like uh, get in line because sometimes there was a long wait so it was great to look back and see who was there because you're not always going to remember that we also had a videographer there as well as a photographer which I think most people wouldn't even realize we had there they weren't you know intrusive at all but. I don't want to forget any little detail what we did to really honor her. So to me, those having a videographer and a photographer there is like a must. And people typically like the old, like the traditional way of a visitation and funeral don't have that. You You don't have any pictures. People aren't taking pictures. But when you're celebrating a person's life and who they are, it's a little bit of a different vibe. And I think those are going to be absolute treasures for us that we can look back and and smile a little bit of everybody that was there. And I mean, the amazing music, Eric, you sang Amazing Grace. Like I have never heard someone sing it 
And well, I know you. I've never sang it like that. Before. About that. Well, I, you know, when I started working with my friend David and, and Emily, they were both like, well, you're not gonna be able to get through it. And I didn't think I would get through it either. So Emily was on standby ready to jump in. And I made it through that first verse. And I, I swear it felt like Hallie was running through my veins, through my chest. I felt like it was almost an out-of-body experience when I got to the second verse of Amazing Grace that I felt like that must this must be what it feels like to have a thousand horses running through your body. And Hallie is Hallie's singing this song right now, not me. Hit any note you want to. You can be Justin Timberlake right now. It doesn't matter, right? That was and that was all her to a point where I, I actually can't wait to hear that video of that because it was one of those moments where I just felt her singing through me. And that was a powerful moment for me where I felt connected with her during the celebration of life for sure. Yeah, that was that was super special. You mentioned the poem that my dad and my two sisters wrote because my dad and Hallie the summer on or last summer on our family vacation had wrote a poem together that we found later. It was just incredibly special, chilling and special. So that was actually a surprise to me that my dad had written the poem with Jesse and Trisha making some edits. And when they read it, I had no idea. And they did such an incredible job reading. I choked on my gum. I was chewing gum. (laughs) And I had been chewing it for a while. So, you know, sometimes you chew gum for a while. It's like really sticky. And I was like starting to cry and I don't like to cry. So I was like holding it in and I did one of those like, (gasps) you know, like getting my breath when I'm crying. And I like the gum went halfway down my throat. But it was stuck there. You can hit. We we did do. This does make me laugh a little bit. We did do Facebook Live, and you could hear it on there of me like coughing because I did not think it was gonna go down. So I'm like trying to swallow. I'm going trying to find my water. It was a mess. That would have been terrible. If someone. What do they say? When you swallow gum, seven years in your system. Seven yeah. years. You get that oh, piece of gum true. from There's that day. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, that would have been embarrassing. But I mean, in in all seriousness, like there were so many special touches. How I love sunflowers, so they gave it sunflowers seeds away. You know, her family had donated that. Her sure love of MU friends, family, horses. I mean, it was just incredible job that they did pulling that all together. Now I'm going to switch it though and tell you there's something that is critical when it comes to planning either your visitation, funeral, celebration of life, whatever that looks like for you. And that's boundaries. Like hundred percent. a lot of times, you know, when you're planning something, you get into more of a people-pleasing mode and thinking it's for everybody else when it's not. It's really about you and your family's loss and what it means to you, not anybody else. So there's always going to be opinions about things. We've heard opinions about the celebration of life. It doesn't matter because it's our loss. And until you have lost your child or lost such a close family member, you have to set boundaries. Like that's a healthy part of life is to say, you know what, right now, this is not going to be the time for whatever that looks like, whatever that request is. Like we had, believe it or not, we had the news media reach out asking if they could join the celebration of life. And I questioned a little bit, just kind of for fun. Like, well, why would you, why would you want to come? And it was like, well, you know, she's a big loss to the community, blah, blah, blah. 
we, we could do a story on it. Yeah. No, I'm going to tell our own story. Yeah. And so you also want to make sure you're protecting your family and your kids as well. So, you know, there were people that we said boundaries are up and you cannot attend her celebration life. And guess what? That's okay. That is okay to set boundaries. You're already reeling from pain that you don't need additional stress on you. So I'll, I'll just leave it at that. And our kids didn't need it either. So I thought you'd yeah. handle it gracefully and well. I just, with every single person, the boundaries you set were appropriate and you handle it very gracefully. So I think it's a great point to bring up. And, and I would say too, give yourself time. Like I am so grateful we had the seven weeks, number seven. It was seven weeks. To pull ourselves half-assed together to really be in the moment for her celebration of life. It is okay. It doesn't have to be two or three days later. There's no rules. There's no rules on how you want to celebrate your person in your life. I would also say, let people help you. I'm not one to ask for help, but I am so grateful that I asked those ladies to help plan it. So grateful. Then I would, the other thing I would say is have someone be point of contact that day. That's maybe not a direct family member. So one of the ladies was Ashley Miner, who's was our wedding planner. And so she kind of helped that day be the point of contact. And that's critical, right? Then your your family can can really come together and not have to be so focused on how the day's going. So I would highly encourage that. I would also say, and we I know we've touched on this throughout all of it, but I'm gonna mention it again. It's like take to the time to let it be something that really feels like a celebration of life. I mean, that to me, when you're losing someone, the best thing to do is to really honor them. But that takes a little bit of time, a little bit of time to really focus on that that person and, and honoring them. Yeah, I thought that you guys, it, we just did a great job. And the people, the, your besties and your sisters that helped to plan it, they truly honored Hallie in a way that she, that's why we felt her there so much. She was there. She was like this. Yes, you guys hit it on the head. She would never have wanted a line and an open casket, people staring at her, people staring at her urn. That wasn't Hallie. What you guys did was 100% her. And it was absolutely fantastic. Really well done to the point where, honestly, you probably go ahead and start. Helping plant celebration of life for other people, honey. That's how good it was. I mean, we're not opposed because, gosh, it was just it's something that obviously we will never forget. I mean, I, our our world is completely shattered. Like, it's not even like you can put pieces together. Literally, it's turned to us. And like, I get so emotional when I think about this because it's like there's no there's no putting anything back together. It's not like something bad happened. You got some broken pieces. Okay, we're going to put that back together. Like there's there's no putting it back together. It is completely like I'm starting over at ground zero. Like I was telling my mom this morning, I'm like, I've always said I love my 40s. Like I love where I, the part in my life I got to, right? Like you're wiser, you're like all these things. And it's literally, I feel like, I'm just starting back over at zero. I mean, it. I don't know, that doesn't make any sense, but we're just faced with carrying this and there's just, it's never going to go away. 
it's never going to go away. And I know for you too, you're, you're trying to figure out who the hell is this person. Um, I think it's what I, we've said before in the podcast is that when you're truly married to someone and it's forever, you're married to five different people throughout the course of that marriage. And you and I didn't know that was going to happen within two years of being married, but you're my person. And no, I don't always know this version of you. Uh, but you've also, this part of you and, and our story has made me a different man. One that I think is changing for the better. And so we can't, like you said, our world is, isn't just shattered. It's turned to dust. It's like a bomb came through and turned everything into dust. So you can't rebuild that. You can't put it back together piece by piece. You have to build something new. I mean, that's the only, only yeah. way to move forward is building something new. And we still have a lot of great pieces to work with. We're just missing one that we'll always miss that will keep it from ever being the way that it was because Hallie is irreplaceable. Any of our kids, irreplaceable. You're irreplaceable, but that's where we're at. And it's your heart is broken. All our hearts are broken, but your mama bear and yours is broken to another level. And we're all just in this with you. And the amount of people that send messages and especially to you about how they're praying for you and, and they appreciate your begging prayers because their prayers are a lot of times the same as well. I mean, it's all right now growth for all of us that eventually rebuild something new. It goes back to Isaiah 66, nine, right? God's not going to bring pain without something new being born. And that's really where we're at. Yeah. So I just, I really just want to say thank you. Thank you to every person or business that was involved in helping us truly honor Hallie is a day that we'll never forget because of all the love that we felt from everybody, but also because we felt like we all showed up for Hallie and she got the day that she deserved. Oh, well done. I think that's a perfect ending. That is it for this week's episode of Blended, Blessed, and Always a Mess. We celebrate our beautiful Hallie, and we thank you for listening. Hope you have a great week, and God bless. Thank you for listening to Blended, Blessed, and Always a Mess. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and at blendedblessedalwaysamess.com. Reach out to us on any of our social channels. We would love to hear from you. Have a great week.